Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And your co-host, Todd Reedy. And today's episode is all about one of my favorite subjects, also a subject that a lot of people avoid talking about, but I think we all need to have some open conversations about it, and that is money, my favorite thing. (laughs) And we haven't talked about it enough on here. I think we really need to talk about it a lot. And we need to destigmatize the conversations around money and also overcome some of the limiting beliefs that people have about money. So let's, let's get started. I want to start with my journey with my money mindset, because it has gone through a lot of shifts and changes. It is currently changing as we speak. But I want to talk about these changes because some of these mindsets have not served me whatsoever. So when I first graduated from vet school, and I got my big girl job, I was making probably like 90k a year, I bought a car, I bought a house, I paid partly for a wedding, I was buying lots of things as I thought I should as a new professional making quote unquote good money. And then I remember looking at my net worth. (laughs) I downloaded an app and I put in all the numbers and I found out my net worth was like negative $300,000 or something like that because I had so many student loans. That really messed me up for a long time, for a very long time, up until a few years ago. I just felt like my student loans had me trapped, that I was never going to be able to retire because all the money that I could be putting towards retirement, I was putting towards my student loans. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was quite frankly, pissed off at how much my student loans cost me every month and how, you know, I'd be paying fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a month and only two hundred dollars of that would go towards my principal. The rest would go towards interest. So I'm paying off these huge sums every month and like none of it is actually bringing down the amount of my loan. And then at one point I did income-based repayment. And it made my payment like 600 bucks a month. And what I didn't realize at the end of that year was that they were going to recalculate my loan and that it actually like went up by 20 or $30,000 because of unpaid interest. I was like, how am I supposed to get ahead? So I was angry at the world, frustrated at my circumstances, and that stayed with me for a long time. I found Dave Ramsey when I was trying to transition out of my vet job and build my business. And that also really messed up my money mindset because he really talks about like how horrible debt is. And so I went on this crusade with this idea that I was going to pay off my student loans. I sold my rental house. I did all of these things. I made every decision 
based on money. I did not go out to eat. I was eating beans and rice. I was not enjoying my life. I was literally just working and paying off debt and just fixated on money 24-7, which was not very helpful for me or healthy or any of those things. So fast forward to the pandemic. And in 2020, I had a pretty good business year despite not being able to work that much. (laughs) I think I only worked a handful of months out of the year, but still made 138K. And I was feeling good. I was in a new relationship with Todd. (laughs) And I was also kind of frustrated because for some reason, my student loans were not the kind that were postponed. Like I still had to pay mine every month. So I don't know why that was, but I was very frustrated by that and still kind of angry. And somehow I read the book by Jen Sincero, which is my favorite, favorite book, You Are Badass at Making Money. I don't know how it came to be a book that I read, but it completely changed my mindset about money. And that's when my life changed was because I changed my mindset about money beforehand. And then I started taking the steps to improving my financial situation even more. And now I feel like I have a really healthy relationship with money. It's not something that I am afraid of. It's something that I spend happily. I'm not irresponsible and I don't feel irresponsible now. I feel like I get to, you know, make big and small purchases with intention and I don't ever stress about it because I always have money coming in and I have money in savings and I have money in retirement accounts and like everything is great. So I want to talk about that mindset shift I went through and how you can make the same mindset shift or a similar mindset shift and why you need to make that shift before you can really start making some real money. As an entrepreneur, business owner, side hustler, wherever you're at, and that it doesn't, these mindset shifts don't come after you start making money, if that makes sense. Like you have to get your mind in the right place to increase the amount of money you're making. So that's my story about money. Todd, what has been your story about money? Because I know you've been very frugal. The reason you were able to quit your job and pursue videography was because you had a lot of money saved up. Would you say you were kind of like unhealthy about your money mindset, though, like even though it was very responsible? Yeah, so it was definitely responsible, definitely on kind of the high savings rate train Mm -hmm. along kind of the fire or the financial independence retire early mindset. And I learned about that kind of late in grad school. So like not making any money, but then kind of having that base as kind of a foundation going into my big kid job where I was making a solid salary. So opposite to what you did, I like didn't buy a new car. I rented (laughs) and like rented a house with a friend. Yeah. So definitely on the more frugal side. And yeah, I think I was probably like in that kind of scarcity mindset where like, yeah, it was a lot of my decisions, if not all of them were based on money and the cost of money. And there were a few things that I would splurge on, but by and large, pretty, I guess, conservative with spending my money. Yeah. Which I don't think was detrimental. I don't feel like I was missing out on anything because again, I did kind of spend my money on the things that were like really important. So like I would buy good food. I would get like go on trips, I would ski, 
and those were the most important things at the time. So I don't think they were irresponsible or unhealthy. And again, yeah, you said, I mean, it did allow me because I had such a big savings. I did have a big runway to then quit that job and start something new. So I think that it was, yeah, I think it was good. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't a bad thing. I think I'm remembering like when you started videography and you're like, I would never pay $2,000 for a wedding video. So how can I charge $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 for videography services when I would never, ever spend that kind of money? And so that's kind of like what I'm thinking about or like how, you know, we had to compromise on getting a cleaning guy. But um, yeah, so there are things where you're like, I'm not gonna spend money on something because I can do it myself. Yeah. Whereas I was of the mindset of I am going to spend money on things that free up my time and energy. Like that is my main goal for a lot of the ways I spend my money. Yeah. And I think that was still lingering behavior from as an employee versus the entrepreneur and kind of the trading time versus money conundrum. But yeah, I think those being said, yeah, I kind of did hold on to my money when I didn't feel like I had to spend it or need to spend it. If it was something that I could fix or something I could do myself, I was hesitant to spend money on it. Yes. Yeah. Despite having to lose or use a lot of time to make that a, a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into some of the limiting beliefs that a lot of people have about money. If you Google limiting beliefs about money, I could find thousands of them, but I wanted to start with five to six, depending on the time of like some of the big ones and talk our way through it. And then I'll finish off the podcast with how I view money right now, which I really like how I view money right now. Because money, money is a tool. It's a tool that we can use to get things that makes our life better or easier or more enjoyable. But we put a lot of judgment and emotions and thoughts behind money. And so I want to kind of unpack that. So one of the thoughts or limiting beliefs about money is that money is evil or that money is the root of all evil. And just saying this just sounds ridiculous to me, but a lot of people believe this. And yeah, if you think about it, all the evil people in movies want money, you know, like rich people I even used to convince myself that rich people were bad, that they were all bad people and they got their money in bad ways. But money is, it's not evil. What are your thoughts about that belief, Todd? Yeah, movies and shows portray that. Like, I'm thinking like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, for some reason, that's just like instilled in the American culture for some reason. Yeah, why is that? I mean, there's definitely some people out there who are rich for the wrong reasons and have very questionable morals, but money itself is not evil. Like maybe if an evil person has a lot of money, it makes them more evil. But if like a good person has a lot of money, it can make them have the ability to do even more good in this world. Like Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> she does all kinds of good things. Like she donated a bunch of money for vaccine research. She donates books. Like she does all kinds of great things with her money. And that's what I want you to think about you as in the listeners, all of the good that can come out of having money. And that if you are a good person, then you are the best person out there to have money, especially like 
my veterinary colleagues, my, you know, photography friends, some of the most amazing people that I know in the world, the most compassionate, hardworking, solid, amazing people, they deserve all the money in the world. And like with more money in the hands of good people, the more good will come out of the world is how I think of it and is why I'm so hell bent on helping more and more people make more and more money because I want all these good people to have as much money as freaking possible. Because yeah, we can do so much good with it. So let's go to the next one, which is you are greedy if you want money, which is something I've actually kind of struggled with myself recently, because now that I am, I'm making kind of consistent 45 to 50k months, which is freaking awesome. But like, I want more than that. (laughs) And I'm like, am I greedy for wanting more? But no, I can just do even more good with it. So why is there this thing that we're greedy if we want money? Like, why is there this negative connotation to that? What do you think of that, Todd? I think kind of, yeah, another one of these things that probably that's instilled in most of us as we like grow up, there's no need to have more or like excess is bad. Like Mm -hmm. you can get by with just what you need. And so like, I know, well, I mean, saving has always been a good thing, but why is getting more into savings bad? It's a very interesting thing to think that getting more than you need is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, having more money gives you more safety, more peace of mind, more ways to help your community, less stress, more enjoyment, more enjoyment, more More happiness, experiences, experiences, support. You can support your family. You can support the local animal shelter. Nobody's going to have to worry about how they're going to get an education or buy a house in the future. You can support more local artists and restaurants. And instead of buying all the cheap shit from Walmart and Amazon, I mean, we still do that. But the more money you have, the more quality pieces you can buy for your wardrobe, for your house. You can actually buy real artwork instead of like Target. You can support actual human beings by having more money. So like, why is that a bad thing? Maybe it's just kind of the intention of like, just I want more just so I can have more as opposed Mm -hmm. to I want more so I can do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I guess like I want more just for the sake of more or more so I can buy designer handbags or something like that and like flaunt it. That kind of goes back to more of the keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. And when you I feel like when you're not really pursuing a true purpose in life, then you are just kind of comparing yourself to others and trying to show off, quote unquote, instead of just bettering yourself. So I think like, that's where some of it might come from where people with more money, they just get a bigger house and they flaunt it and they drive a nice car and like they don't actually give back. But in my circle of podcast listeners and people I'm helping, that's not the purpose of all of this, you know? Yeah, I want to buy a nice handbag, actually, because I want something that lasts, (laughs) you know? And I have started appreciating, like, quality goods more than I used to when I only had, like, 20 bucks I could spend on something. But, yeah, I think overall, the wanting more is just more peace of mind, less stress, And just more things that you can do, not only just for yourself, but for the world, your immediate community, your family, your friends. That's how I felt 
and I even feel like I've maybe seen it in my parents, kind of some stress lifting off of them as I have made more money because they don't have to worry about me as much. They get to spend their retirement money instead of worrying about what they have to leave me. So the greediness, like, let's get rid of that idea because money also is like power. You have more of a voice in this world. You can help more people. So let's say that just more money is good. (laughs) Plain and simple. So even if you think that money is good and you can do more good in the world with money, a lot of people still have the limiting belief that they do not deserve money. Either they've been told that or they've always struggled for their money or, you know, life has always been hard for them and they don't see a way for it to not be that way. Or a lot of people just grow up thinking that they don't deserve money. They aren't the type of people that deserve money or they're they're never going to get money. They're working class or lower middle class or even middle class at this point. What do you think about talking people through that? Yeah, I think that's just another one of those things that's probably not specifically taught to us, but somehow it's ingrained that you have to work hard for what you get. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's like, I guess, like the American work ethic, or yeah. I've heard it as the the Protestant work ethic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why that is, I don't know. It's probably from generations past where people had to like manually labor very hard to like get by. And then as all these like technical advantages have come to be, we like still think that, yeah, we need to be struggling and making, working long hours and, mm-hmm. you know, like breaking our backs physically and metaphorically. Yeah. Metaphorically, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Uh, yeah. I think it's just kind of handed down unintentionally. Because bosses want employees that freaking work hard and struggle. I feel like we talked about that once where like bosses or employers will only like even if they have the biggest budget in the world, they're always only going to pay you a certain amount so that you are still struggling a little bit. They're never going to take away the struggle from you completely. And I feel like that's kind of messed up. And as I have made more money, I realize that it doesn't have to be hard. There might be seasons where it's hard because you're working more than you want to be or you're just, you are putting in the hours, but like making money gets to be easy. And this idea that some people deserve money over others, that is absolutely just a lie we tell ourselves. I used to think that, that like some people were just going to have money and I wasn't one of those people, even though I was pretty privileged. Again, my student loans just totally jacked up my ideas about money. And I just thought it was always going to be hard and always going to be a struggle. And I was never going to retire And like as an entrepreneur, I'd never be able to afford a house because of my loans. And I was just going to have to settle for scraps and make the most of it. And as I have made more money because I shifted my mindset, I've realized that everybody can have money if they want it. Everybody can have these mindset shifts and pursue their purpose and make a lot of money. And it's the best way to live our best lives, our one life on this one planet. And for us to hold ourselves back because of some ideas of that you're not worth it, our worth is infinite. It is not based on our productivity. It has nothing to do with, you know, what family we're born into or any of that stuff. Like you can have as much money as you want. 
yeah, it takes some strategy and some work, but the work isn't that hard. I worked way freaking harder as a vet, way harder. I gave my soul to that career. And now, yeah, I'm working like 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week tops, maybe, and getting deposits in my bank account every freaking day. So this idea that it has to be hard, that it has to be a struggle, and that you may be somebody who doesn't deserve money, like you absolutely do. And let's be real, if you have a W-2 job, you are at the mercy of your boss who never has your best interests in mind, and is always going to pay you pennies. And really where the money is at is entrepreneurship, online education and services and marketing and e-commerce and digital products and all that kind of stuff. Like there's so much stuff you can do. Agencies, you can create your own agencies. Like we can all be millionaires, you guys. All of us, everyone listening to this can be, but you have to open up your mind to the idea that it can happen for you and that it's not this huge struggle and it's not bad and it's not greedy and it's certainly not evil. And it will actually be the best thing that has ever happened to you and your family and your parents, your siblings, your friends. It's the best thing that you can possibly do. Let's talk about, too, that there's not enough money to go around because I just talked about how we could all be millionaires. But I think there's this idea that if someone else gets ahead, that means there's less for you. So if you get ahead and make a lot of money, that means there's less for other people. When in the reality, we could all have a net worth of a billion dollars. That's how much money is out there in the world. And they freaking print money all the time. I mean, I feel like we are spoon fed this idea that it's this hard thing to get by when there's so much of it out there. There's so much of it. So what do you think about that? Again, another one of these things that's probably like unintentionally rolled into our being raised of there's this finite pie and you get your little chunk of it because you're working hard. And once all those pieces of pie are gone, then there's no more. That's not the reality. Yeah, but it's, I think it's known or that's what people think. And I would think that I, well, I would say that I thought that till probably relatively recently too. Again, because I was stuck with my blinders on, like in my lane, making my set salary without opening my thoughts or like my experiences or like whatever my understanding of, of this universe that there's lots of money to be made and to be had and to be shared. But if you're just living in your own little like, you know, head in the sand, then you only know what you've been seeing. Yeah, if you're like, on the comfort track in your W-2 job and you do have a set salary and it's not going to grow that much, then yeah, you do have to operate in this very narrow slice of the pie. But again, if you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner, there is no freaking ceiling to the amount of money that you can make. You can make tons and tons of money. And this idea that there's not enough to go around is total BS. Again, it's printed all the time. I mean, money is practically imaginary at this point <laughs> from credit cards. You know, like most of us, we're, we don't have cash in our hand. We're checking our accounts and we see little pixels and numbers on a screen and we base our whole personality and emotions and all of these things around these pixels that we see on a screen, which is crazy to me that we put so much of what we do in our life and how we feel about ourselves and our anxiety and our stress levels 
and who we are as people and guilt and shame over these numbers on a screen. Which brings me to the next point, which I know a lot of my students struggle with because they're often building businesses. And if they don't have a W-2 job to help them funnel money into their business, then a lot of times they're putting money on credit cards and they're developing some debt. And as somebody who still has a shit ton of debt from my student loans and has racked up credit card debt and all that kind of stuff and has gotten in debt multiple times in order to build my business. Let's talk about this idea that debt is bad because I want to squash this idea. I mean, reckless, irresponsible debt where you're just buying designer purses to look a certain way and you absolutely cannot afford what you're doing. That's crazy. But Getting into a little bit of debt because you are in a building phase of your business and you're kind of, there's another coach out there. Her name is Dustin, who was like a support coach in a mastermind that I was in. And she talked about it like pulling back, like you're going to release an arrow from a bow and you're like drawing back the bow. So you're kind of going backwards. You might be paying more money to get the gear and the coaching and the you know, all the stuff, the styled shoots, if you're a photographer, getting all the things in order that you need to build your business, you might go into debt for that, but you're gonna release that arrow and you're gonna shoot forward. And like, just because you're in some debt right now, don't feel so, so much guilt and shame and judgment and horribleness over it. You know what I mean? Do you have any like guidelines or like rules of thumb when, when it comes to that? Like in our industry, right? You could go out and buy like a million really fancy cameras and lenses and things like that. And any, mm-hmm. in any business, right? You could buy the best of the best of any equipment or software or staff, all these different things you could spend lots of money on. Do you have any kind of like guidelines of like, what do you think is an acceptable amount? Like how, how fast should you like be able to get rid of that debt? Any ideas on that? Yeah. I mean, There's a lot of things that go into that. But as far as debt goes or like investing in something, let's say, even if it does put you into debt for a period of time, my idea is like if I'm going to invest something, I want to know that there's going to be a return on that investment. So like buying a whole bunch of gear, is there a return on that investment? Sometimes not. Like you do need some gear, but every nice thing under the sun when you have no idea how to market yourself and like don't know how to run a business, probably not the best idea. So is there going to be a return on that investment? Can you 10x your investment? If you buy a $3,000 lens, is it going to make you $30,000? Maybe with other tools, you know, and like being able to like really improve some of your skills or something like that. But that's how I go about it. If I'm going to invest in something and if it's going to put me in debt, if I can 10x that investment, I'm going for it. I don't I don't care how much it costs. It could be 50,000 bucks. If I'm going to get a 10x investment or a return on that investment, that's 500k. That's like a no-brainer to me. So, I don't think you have to bootstrap your business and do it again. This, these are all just imaginary numbers on a screen. <laughs> you know, and you're going to pay it off and it's all going to be fine and it's all going to work out. And if you go into it with that mindset, it does always work out. If you go in it into it with the mindset of, oh my God, I'm horrible. I had to use my credit card. This is the worst thing ever. Like it's never going to work. This is horrible. Like then you're going to basically self-sabotage yourself and it's not going to work. So a lot of it is backing up 
your investments with strategies and then making sure that you continue on the path and don't self-sabotage yourself essentially. And that you, I mean, some people want to like make their investment back within a month or something. And that's a lot of times not feasible. But I do want to talk about like a new way that you can think about money other than that it's good. It's not bad. It's not evil. You're not greedy for wanting it. It gives you safety, peace of mind. It reduces your stress, you know. So let's talk about money. I've already kind of shared my thoughts that it's like just imaginary pixels on a screen. So it doesn't deserve all of this emotional crap that goes with it. But I also want you to envision money more as energy than anything else, a transfer of energy between people, between businesses, whatever it may be. So if I receive a lot of energy from people or a lot of money from people, that's because I'm helping them either plan an epic elopement and that they're going to have memories of forever, or I am helping them improve their business and make more money, or I am helping them become a business coach or quit their job. So I'm like adding to their life. They are paying me money to get part of my energy and part of my knowledge and services, right? So then when I get money, I'm not just hoarding it all. I am saving some of it, but I'm also leaving big tips for a waiter who might then be able to go home and like buy his daughter a really cool birthday present and make her day, right? Or I spend money on, I just bought a whole bunch of stuff from Etsy for this Iceland workshop that we have and for our own elopement coming up. And it's just like vow books and ribbons and stuff like that. But those are all from real people who can then take that money and again, plan a vacation for their family or go out to dinner or just have some healthy food or something like that. So if you start viewing money as energy and start being more intentional with how you're spending it and not just like drop a whole bunch of money on cheap shit that's going to Walmart or Ikea or Amazon or whatever and like see how it can actually flow through your community and change people's lives. I think that's a very empowering way to view money. Or like I have, well, I've been influenced by some ads. You know, I've been like, Buying things from clothing stores that give back to like victims of domestic violence or plant trees or use all recycled packaging. So I'm using my money as like a source of power to basically give back to things that mean something to me and that I find important and basically giving my money to businesses that are doing good in the world instead of just trying to exploit workers and profit as much as possible and stuff like that. Yeah, I think spending your money on things that add value and that like you're really passionate about and that like will bring you joy and like good things, like yeah, go to town, spend money on that stuff with the good intentions and being mindful of what that's going towards mm-hmm. as opposed to being reckless with it and spending just for the sake of spending or for fun. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah. to like look better than your neighbors or something like that. Yeah, I want to change the topic of money from this bad thing that carries so much guilt and shame and judgment to this super positive thing where like, money is an intentional thing. It's not you don't just get it to like show off your wealth, but you're you're getting it to like, do more good in the world. 
And the more money I'm getting, that means the more good I'm doing, either by the way I'm spending it or the way I'm receiving it is because I'm changing people's lives and then they can change people's lives. And it's almost like taking the power back and having more control over what's being done in our communities or like what the focus is on in our lives. And that's just really empowering to me. And I think through this, I was talking about how I was finding myself feeling a little guilty for how much more money I want to make as if like 50K a month isn't enough, you know, but really, again, like, I don't feel like if you listen to the last podcast, I still feel like I have a lot of work to do that I'm just stepping into my purpose and more money is going to help with that. And I think I just like clicked on that switch that finally helped me remember that like there's a whole reason to all of this. You know, me making more money is there's nothing but good that's going to come out of it. And I think I really just convinced myself of that. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for listening to our podcast all about money. This is kind of a long one. But again, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I hope that you overcame some limiting beliefs and that you are seeing money as energy, money as a positive thing, money as a very good thing, and even maybe something that's a little imaginary <laughs> and just a tool and doesn't deserve all the weird emotions we attach to it. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast episode. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.